golf and rock and roll? Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy, especially during Major Week. The one, the only, Rich B. Can I get a little applause, Rich? Hey, just sleep at the wheel. Hey, 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 where's our engineer? There he is. Thank you, Rich. Thank you very much. Uh, Holly, U.S. Open. Let's get it on. Marion, second major of the year. Nothing better than the majors, as usual. Wall-to-wall coverage on the Golf Channel. Definitely give it some hype. Lots, Lots going on there, and we have pipe. an unbelievable lineup tonight. We have uh, one of our favorite insiders, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, calling in in our first segment. And then we're going to go to two back-to-back best reporters in the Philadelphia area who are sure to tell us where to get the best cheesesteak on the planet there is. We're going to be talking to Mike Kern from the Philadelphia Inquirer and Tony Leodora from Golf Styles Magazine. Tony, a longtime reporter there as well. So we have got the inside scoop right from the press room, and we'll be finding out what's happening with the weather and how Marion is going to hold up. Lots of conversation about whether this is going to be a birdie fest, Rich B. What do you think? You know, uh, my pick was um, Brent Snedeker. Brent Snedeker. So Snedeker comes out, and he's got, like, rib issues. Right? Yes. Yeah, he's got tender ribs that, you know, are easily... Uh, Intercostals, you know. which I suffered yeah. from earlier in you the know, year. And in my neighborhood, you never wanted anybody to know you had sore ribs because first thing, he'd take a shot right in the ribs. Just checking, see if they're okay. So, who's your pick, dude? You know, I'm off uh, Snedeker and... Um, uh, you got, you know, a, fr- you go got a front runner already? Before, well, you know, you want to go, start the show with going I'm out on go, a limb here? Yeah, I'm going to go... Uh, no, to the back page. I'm going to go uh, with... Um, Oh, uh, Ryan Palmer. Ryan Palmer. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, that's not a favorite. But, uh, and Boo Weekly, the redneck Riviera kid. I Boo. Mean, what's not the like? Boo uh, Who Boo Weekly. Weekly. Um, right. Might not be bad. You know what? Oh. Oh. Rich. Easy, Rich. We've got uh, we got a great show coming up tonight. It's going to be uh, hot on there on I-4, so uh, just relax. Kick back, and we're talking all about the U.S. Open. Rich B., the uh, second major of the LPGA season, the LPGA Championship, in my hometown, Rochester, New York, played at Locust Hill Country Club. Exciting finish there. A playoff, three-hole playoff, I believe. And uh, NB Park winning it over Katrina Matthews, someone I know you like to follow from Germany. And Suzanne Pedersen, Morgan Pressel in third. And Michelle Wee, another good finish for Michelle, tied for ninth. Boy, it's fun watching her putt because it makes me feel better about my putting. And uh, poor Morgan Pressel, uh, you know, it's trying very hard to win. I mean, making some sort of a comeback. 
I don't know what was so hard about that golf course, but she couldn't complete the deal. And B Park shot a big number, uh, 75 on Sunday, and got into the playoffs. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, congratulations, NB. Park, Locust really. Hill, a yeah. tough golf course. And you played know what the, played many around there. Rochester's like by the lake up there. But by, by Lake Ontario, yes, Rich B. And PGA Championship in August going to be there at my other home course my in my junior golf days, Oak Hill Country Club. So we're going to have uh, Rochester on the map again come August for the fourth Major. Hey, maybe we ought to take a road trip up there. We just might have to do that, Rich. Bain. Broadcast from uh, yeah. Speaking of road trips, I was I was in Clearwater in Tampa over the weekend. My sister was in town from Boston, your 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 neighborhood, and uh, we went up to play World Woods on Monday in Brooksville. Beautiful. If anybody uh, hasn't been over to World Woods, it is so worth the trip. Pine Barrens, which uh, resembles um, Pine Valley sort of a replica course. Um, unfortunately, they had punched the greens. We played the other course, Rolling Oaks. Beautiful. And it's, you know, there are not many courses you get out to play, and you don't see a single piece of real estate. Now, this is a little bit of a trek to Brooksville, but it is well worth it. course was in excellent condition, and uh, thanks so much for, for uh, all of the folks at, at uh, Brooksville for putting up with us, because... We had a major sister-sister oh, match. Sister-sister. I can see why you guys. What, did she beat you up when you were a kid and you're still trying to get back at her? <laughs> no, my big little sister. But anyway, somehow conned me into ten strokes, sort of like you and I oh, on the boy. first tee. And um, how about this one? She pulls on, so we agree, okay, you know, a, a, a mulligan aside, you know, friendly match, friendly family match. And uh, out of nowhere, she pulls uh, on, I don't know what hole it was. We played the back nine first. She pulls a Florida mulligan on me, in which she proceeded to reput. Just make that up as she goes along. Reput. Who, who, who's ever heard of a Florida on mulligan? On the uh, sixth hole or something, and uh, in the end, beat me one up. So, sister, if you're listening on your iPod, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I get the last word. Uh, and how about this one though? This is kind of cool. She. Um, Told me about the two club. Are you familiar with the two club, Rich B? Well, I did get a little info on it earlier, but uh, I thought you were talking about two clubs, but no, that's no. Wrong. This is um, a, a, a neat little deal. Any player who scores a two when playing with the first two club member. So if I'm the two club member in the group, and I can start this little group anytime in any city, have a little bag tag to identify yourself. The member pays one dollar and can join the club and wear the two club tag or pin if you're a woman. All new two club members are then eligible to induct other players into the club. So as you can see, you can get a little club going pretty this quickly. This is such a scam. I don't believe this. Uh... Once a two club member, the player will also receive a dollar from the other members in the foursome whenever that player scores a two. So anybody that makes a two gets a buck off That's of a everybody. buck. Pretty good deal, huh? So if there's no existing member of the two club with an official two club pin in your group, the first player in the group who scores a two on a hole, becomes the first two club member. So you and I are going out, and we'll see who is the you know what? two it's, club we member. We go right to the putt-putt But I there. say, you know, there, but, uh, uh, but you know, I have to say, this is kind of, you know, this is 
you know, a dollar, it's kind of women's, you know, women's thing here. I say we got to step it up and put $5 on the line for those twos, Rich B, because I know you can't ever get it in the hole on a par three. So I, you know, I just think it's another way to get into your friend's uh, money, you know, get, a, get into his pocket. I, I well, don't you know, know about this. You too. know, women, uh, if, if we don't have a bet going, we just, you know, and I, I'm glad to see that instead of a dime or a quarter, it's a buck. So. All right. The Two Club. Check it out I thought online. you were talking about my buddy Two Club Reich. That's his name, Two Club Reich. Plays with Two Clubs. And he did very well for the longest time, and uh, he uh, he was always very entertaining and fun to watch. Hey, listen, and he seriously shoot, only played with two clubs, and, and he shoot a great number. You know, he, he was, a, he was a very skilled golfer. But you know, if you show up to the golf course and you got two clubs in your bag, everybody's looking at you like, okay, what's this guy got going? There was a driver in a wedge, and he would putt with his driver, and uh, you know, he just hood his wedge and uh, you know just beat it down the fairway with it. Well, congratulations to first-time winner Harry English, winner of the FedEx St. Jude over the weekend. Strong showing by Philly Mickelson, tied for second, along with Scott Stallings. And um, a good showing by Dustin Johnson in this tournament. So uh, it's going to be interesting. We're going to be talking about Ardmore and Marion with Todd Lewis. Live from the press room, stay with us. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740. The game will be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggles We're back. The Gulf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. Take it easy out there. Traffic kind of heavy. We're talking U.S. Open. The 113th U.S. Open at Marion happening this week. Rich B? You know, there was a rumor going around here in Orlando that uh, Todd Lewis was seen on Beale Street up there in Memphis, Tennessee, getting his Elvis on, getting his Elvis Presley Karaoke on Elvis. <laughs> well, guess what? We happen to have him live. Oh, wow. He's here. Uh-oh. Live from Marion. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. Uh, well, that was a Todd Lewis impersonator doing an Elvis impersonation. <laughs> if indeed, that was true, because I was not in Memphis. I was resting up for what this week is, is about to be. So was not in Memphis, but I'm excited about the U.S. Elvis. It should be a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. Um Really terrific interview today I caught, Todd, uh, with you with Lee Westwood walking during his practice round. Uh, fantastic stuff. Love that interview. How's how's Thanks. Lee feeling? Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Lee, is, he, as he said during that interview, he, you know, he doesn't come into any major championship now with expectations. Uh, but I believe, you know, deep down he does. Uh, he expects to be there on Sunday. Um whether they expect to win or not is a different story. Um, but Lee has been open about the fact that, you know, he really wants to get a major championship, and that's good, to be honest with you, because you have to embrace that instead of going into denial about that. Um, and Lee's playing well. I mean, yeah, it, would not be, it would not surprise me if come Sunday afternoon he is ha- handling that championship trophy. He degrees he's great. Got a new putter in his bag. Um, and on the practice screen, he looked great with it. But, again, that's the practice screen. We'll see what he does in competition. 
Yeah, five top tens out of 11 events. Um, he, may, he may be a little bit under the radar right now. I don't think he's under the radar, without a doubt. Lee Westwood will never be under the radar at a major championship. True, uh, true. As yeah, the best player uh, never to win a major, true. Definitely one of them. Uh, definitely probably the most current player to never won a major, best player never to won a major. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he's got – got a different golf course that he really doesn't know. And I don't know if that's good or bad for not only him, but for a lot of players out here. Uh, so we'll see when they put the balls in the air for real tomorrow. So given the weather predictions, it's supposed to rain tomorrow afternoon, correct? Um, you know, lots and lots of conversation about the golf course, probably more so even than, uh, you know, where the players uh, may stack up here. How do you see things coming into the weekend? Well, first and foremost, they've had close to six inches of rain since last Friday. Uh, so the golf course is soft. Uh, today was a, a big day for the USGA in the fact that it was sunny and breezy and not as humid, so it got a lot of the moisture out of the ground. However, the weather you mentioned tomorrow, uh, not only will rain be involved, but it actually could get dangerous. Um, there's a big system that's running through the northeast pretty quickly, um, and we could have damaging hail, big thunderstorms. There's something called derecho, actually, which is a, a straight line of wind. That could be involved with this windstorm, basically, that actually hit Congressional, if you remember, last year at the AT&T National. Knocked down a lot of the trees, knocked out a lot of power in the right. area, and players and caddies were only allowed to go out and play on Saturday. No fans, no volunteers, just the players and the caddies. So uh, we're hoping that doesn't happen because cause, you know, we don't want anyone to get hurt primarily. But uh, rain, it looks like, is going to be happening tomorrow morning. And in the afternoon is when the severity of the weather comes. And close to two inches could fall here, and that will, that'll again, change this golf course. So I think this golf course, you know, I, it depends on who you ask. Some people say that this golf course is not going to yield a lot of low numbers. Some say they, they will, or this golf course will, rather. I'm, I'm in belief that, that this golf course will put in a lot of numbers, and here's why. Because I, I go back to Congressional when they held the U.S. Open there, and Rory McIlroy was 16 under par. Ate it up. And, and, you know, and that was a soft golf course, too. And it was 600 yards longer than this one. And so you got a soft Marion here. And I know it's tight and a little more compact, but it's not as long. And uh, if the guys find a fairway, you know, I'm definitely seeing double-digit underwinning. That's my opinion. And other guys are saying, no, that's not true. So we'll just see. Well, uh, clearly a historic course that has uh, is now hosting the open for the fifth time uh you know i'm looking at a list of 20 players here we could break down but let's start with tiger uh how do you you know you think he's coming out just you know really ready to put another major under his belt here after what happened in memorial give us a sense of what what you feel where tiger's at well what happened in memorial was i mean it's speed bump (laughs) on the road to what he wants to be his 15th major championship his putting was atrocious there, um, at least by his standards. So if he's got that corrected, then obviously, yes, he's definitely going to be in contention. If he's still searching for something on the greens, then, you know, it, it could be a long week for Tiger Woods. I don't know. I'm interested to see how he's going to react because I think, just like Lee, I think he's putting internal pressure on himself to, to, to win a major championship. For the, I mean, it was five years ago this week was his last major championship, 2008 uh, U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. So um, Tiger Woods, he will be somebody that I, – I, I'll just say this. Two weeks ago, he was the overwhelming favorite. I still think he's a favorite, but it's just not 
as big a gap uh, over the field as he once was at least two weeks ago. How about a, how about Phil coming off a really good tournament last week and then flying home Tuesday for his eighth grade daughter's graduation, coming back late tonight, has got a tee off at 7-11. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Phil. <laughs> first, first, look, he, we went home for his daughter's graduation. That's awesome. But he's going to be landing tomorrow morning, from what I'm reading, at 4 a.m. He has like a uh, tea time just three hours after that. Um, I don't know how his body's going to feel. You know, God forbid there's any kind of delay if they have to get, get around this storm. Not to mention the logistics get in and out of, of Marion here is kind of difficult. You know, I, I don't know what kind of mindset he's going to be in and if he's going to just get off the plane and try to get here and rush and, you know, get on the whatever his tea is, the first or the 11th, in time to, to get ready. So I don't know. Uh, Phil, I don't know about Phil right now. Phil always keeping us guessing, right? <laughs> He's got yeah, a Winnebago I, parked I, I, out there somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I don't know. This is, you know, this is not the, the, the FedEx event in Memphis last week where he played. I mean, this is a big, big deal. He said he wants to win this tournament more than any other. I don't know if he's given himself the best advantage to do so by doing what he's doing. How about, right. your, how about your impression of the golf course, Todd? I mean, you know, we, everybody's saying how small and dinky it is and, uh, uh, you know, where where it's located. Uh, it's very difficult to get in and out of. What, what, do you, uh, well, what, what do you got? Well, there are two things there. One, the golf course is fantastic. In my I think it's great. Um, and there are a lot of monster holes and there are a lot of teddy bear holes. I mean, it has a rhythm. The first, the first seven, or excuse me, the first six holes, Pretty darn tough. The first one's pretty easy. The second one's a pretty lengthy par five. But after that, three, you stretch out as a par three to 200 and close to 280 yards. They could stretch it out that far. And four is a very difficult par five. Five and six are really hard par fours. So those first six holes, you're kind of, you know, you're trying to feel your way around the golf course and, and trying to kind of hang on to, to a number of round par. Now, seven through 13 are relatively short. You can score on those holes. But once you get to 14, and all the way in through to 18, that, that there you're trying to survive this. This is a very difficult hole, including the 17th hole, which is about 240-yard par three, and then 18, a 500-yard plus par four coming in. So it, this this course has some rhythm. It, a lot of, but at the same time, it doesn't. It doesn't like a golf course. If you play a golf course, you could say, ah, you know, that's the characteristic of this golf course. Each individual hole here has a character that is different than the other. So there's no overwhelming characteristic about this golf course. It is the most balanced, unbalanced golf course I've ever seen. How about defending champion Webb Simpson? How do you see his his game shaping up for Marion? Um, I like Webb a lot, actually, this week. I think Webb is in a good frame of mind. Obviously, he knows what it takes to win a U.S. Open. Uh, I think he's been playing you know, okay by his standards. He had a really good shot to win at Hilton Head, ultimately losing a playoff to Graham McDowell. Um, but he's kind of, re- you know, he, he kind of gives you that Huck Finn, aw shucks kind of mentality. Webb is smart. I mean, they don't hand out diplomas at Wake Forest. I mean, Webb is, you know, he's a good student there. Webb is smart. He knows where he, he is in life. The thing I like about Webb, he doesn't get distracted. He's very simple, and I say that in a positive way. He's got three things he focuses on his faith, his family, and his profession. And that's it. That's it nothing else. And because of that, I think that he stays in the right frame of mind. And if there's a player out there, a successful player out there, who knows how to play within himself, it is Webb Simpson. I think he's going to have a pretty good week. 
Sounds also like a friend of his, Zach Johnson. Uh, do you think he, he's got a pretty good shot at it? Well, Zach hasn't been playing as, as strongly as he has in the past. Um, he, he's really squirrely off the tee right now. I don't, I don't know if Zach is my best choice. And how about Furyk, hometown PA guy? Is he going to get some retribution after Olympic last year? What do you think? Uh, I, I mean, we can run down the field. I, I mean, I can give you pros and cons for every one of these guys. But I, for, as for, for Jim, I, I did talk to him earlier this week, and he did say that he understands that he's kind of in the twilight of his career. And this is an emotional week for him. He is a son of Pennsylvania. And although in 2016 they, the USGA comes back to Pennsylvania at Oakmont for the U.S. Open, he knows he, he may not he may not be at that event. He may not have the, the credentials to be in the field for that event. So this may be his last U.S. Open in his home state. So he really, really wants to play well. It's kind of an emotional U.S. Open for him. And let's not forget, he was in the mix last year. He made a, made a bad mistake on 16 last year at Olympics. Um, but he's a past champion. He won 10 years ago. Uh, Jim Furyk, I mean, I... He's my sympathetic three, pick. Well, I tell you, it's not sympathetic. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, he's cerebral, and you need to be a thinker on this golf course. And obviously, with the U.S. Open on his resume and in the mix last year, I, I mean, I, he's, in my opinion, on that list of favorites. And, and nobody more tenacious, that's for sure. Uh, Big-time feature pairing between 1, 2, and 3, uh, Tiger and Rory McIlroy and Adam Scott. Uh, what do you think about Rory's chances? I don't think Rory's game is quite ready to win a major championship yet, but he is trending in the right direction. Of course, he could go out and blitz the field like he did at Congressional. I mean, but that's just my opinion. I still, still think he is, he's still searching for things that are right in his game, and I do still believe changing 14 clubs in his bag is something that you don't easily get used to. It's still taking time, as he did making the switch from Kylas to Nike. And that is nothing to say against Nike. I think they're a great company and they have good equipment, but when you're used to one thing for a number of years and you've had a lot of success, making the switch to something else is, is an adjustment. And I'll, you know, Of course, if someone asks him that, he's going to be Nike paying him you know, a tanker truck full of money, he's not going to say anything detrimental or something that may be perceived as detrimental to Nike, and I understand that. But I still think he's still learning the product that is in his bag, and it won't take long. He's too good. It'll have it down, but I don't know if he's quite ready yet. But I, I would not be surprised if he is not ready to contend in the next two major championships. Well, before we let you go, Todd, uh, of course, there was a handshake and a little conversation between Sergio and Tiger on Monday on the range. Can you give us any update as far as uh, where that goes right now? Well, I think both of them want to put it behind them. They don't want to talk about it anymore. Sergio, although he shook Tiger's hand, he did not apologize to Tiger during that handshake. He didn't feel like it was the right place. He wanted to do it away from the public eye, and you got to respect that. I think Sergio was embarrassed, and he's still kind of embarrassed. But Sergio did leave a personal note in Tiger Woods' locker. He did not reveal what that note said, and they respect that as well. Um, but I think both of them understand it's a distraction. Uh, I, don't, I don't think both of them are going to go out to dinner uh, ever. <laughs> I don't, you know, and that's fine. They don't have to like each other. But they do want for the betterment of the game, for the betterment of this event, and I'm, I'm sure for the betterment of their own personal game, so they don't have to deal with the distraction, they want to move past this and, and you know, stick to the golf in front of them. 
And uh, if we let you go here, Todd, what uh, tell us about the coverage on the Golf Channel the rest of the week and when people can catch you with your on-air reports. Uh, 30 minutes from now, just about 7 o'clock I'll be on. I'll be talking about the, you know, what players are saying about this golf course uh, on the eve of the 113th U.S. Open. Also, we'll get some details about the weather and the contingency plans for the uh, possible weather coming in here and what the USGA and the officials and the authorities are going to do to get people off the golf course because, you know, there will be a lot of people on this golf course and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff around the golf, you know, corporate tents, big tents, merchandise and stuff involved as well. Also, I did a sit-down 101 interview uh, recently with Webb Simpson. We relived his win at Olympic last year. He talked about that and how how that victory has has or has not changed him as a person. So it's a, it's a great interview. It gives us some insights to what he was thinking as he came down the stretch at Olympic and what he was thinking once he signed his card and had to wait for Jim Furyk and Graham McDowell to finish. So, That's right. So, it was, it was an amazing finish, and I'm hoping we have a similar uh, result on Sunday. Todd Lewis? Right, Sunday, not Monday. Sunday, That's right. Not I'm, Monday. I'm right there with you, Sunday. Thanks, Todd. Catch him at 7 o'clock on the Golf Channel. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us live from Marion. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We will be right back with more U.S. Open preview. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. just make We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. We're talking the U.S. Open Marion in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Hey, so uh, Sergio and Tiger won't be splitting the Philly cheesesteak uh, together in a mall? Not anytime soon, I don't think. Uh, Maybe a little little, little chocolate milkshake. I don't know, but... uh, but the guy who we have waiting on the line can definitely tell us the best place to get a Philly cheesesteak. We had him on the radio a couple of weeks ago. He is a long-time award-winning writer, member of the Golf Writers Association of America, key sports writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, Mikey Kern. What's up, you know? What's happening there in the press tent, my friend? Uh, we're just hoping we don't get blown away tomorrow. That's what we, we just got a little report from Todd Lewis at the Golf Channel, and he said there's some severe weather coming in. Well, you know, look, a weather forecast is a weather forecast. I mean, there's like a 90% chance of rain. Now, you know, then you see things pop up. Uh, I think a couple nights ago we had, um, down in Delaware, which, you know, I mean, is far enough away from here, but it's still relatively close. Um, they had like a, a tornado or a mini something or other that came through. So, I mean, you know, at this time of the year, I mean, anything is possible. You could have, you know, a thunderstorm come through. You could have severe winds come through. I mean, we don't know. You know, we'll find out tomorrow. I, I, I'd be surprised if they get a full round of golf in tomorrow, but the forecasts are so different. You're, you know, some are calling for rain in the morning. Some are calling, you know, not for the rain really until the afternoon. That's when it's going to get worse, I guess. Thursday afternoon into Thursday night. and um, But the good news is the rest of the week, you know, even if we're here until, like, next Thursday, um, 
supposedly looks pretty good. So, you know, unless, like, uh, something really serious happens, um, you know, and you could always maybe have a tree blow down or, or a tent blow down or whatever, I mean, I feel confident that by Friday they'll have the course ready to play, and probably by late Saturday or always, or Sunday it'll start looking like maybe they wanted it to look in the first place. But, you know, it's going to be different because it's, it's obviously going to be softer than they want it, and there's nothing they can do about it. But, you know, they're still going to hand the trophy to somebody at some point, and he's going to walk away from here as a U.S. Open champion, and, you know, the rest of it's just details. Well, the players have said that the rough is some of the worst they've seen. Is that going to be the equalizer if, you know, there is more rain to counterbalance the soft greens, do you think? Because these guys, it's, it looks like today anyway, they, they weren't moving the ball forward too much out of that, out of that no, heavy stuff. You're not going to, yeah, I mean, the, the thing about Marion always is the rough has to be heavy because, you know, it, 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 I mean, Marion's, it, it's, it's weird. Like, if you look at the scorecard, it looks short, but it's really not short. It's short in places. The par threes, three of the par threes are like 240. Um, some of the par fours, three of the par fours are like 500. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very different course than we're used to seeing. I think it's cool because I think Marion's one of the best courses in the country, and it should probably host an open, but the logistics of doing it on this small piece of ground are, are hard and difficult. But the rough has to be rough because if it's not rough, then you're re- even if the greens are fast, and the rough isn't that penal. You're, you, you're really losing that element to it, especially on the shorter holes. You know, I think you're going to see rough like you probably used to see 10, 15 years ago at the U.S. Open. Um, and it, it's going to be nasty in spots. I mean, it's probably going to be about four inches high on the shorter holes, five inches on the longer hole. I, guess I probably got that wrong, five inches on the shorter holes. And, but the rain, yes, I mean, the one thing the rain's going to do, it will soften the fairways which is just as important to soften greens because holding the fairways, if they were hard and fast, would be, would be tough. But now you're going to hold it. But if you miss the fairway, maybe even by like a foot, you might not like very much what you have. So, Mike, you know this course inside out. Um, you know, is it is it going to be somebody who's just pure in their irons, you know, the super short game, putting lights out? Whose game do you see this favoring at this point? Well, I mean, it, it's all those things. I mean, every U.S. Open, I don't care where you're playing, you know, except maybe next year at Pinehurst where there will be no rough. Um, you have to find fairways and you have to find greens. If, if you're spending all day in the rough, you're going home early. That's just the way it is. Um, so, but a lot of people here may be able to hit fairways now or more people than, than maybe would have. Um, you know, I mean, it always favors to me straight hitters. The difference this week is, you might bring some more players into it because the course isn't as long. You know, you're not playing a 7,500-yard course. You're playing a 7,000-yard course. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen this course in 32 years. So we really kind of don't know how it's going to play. And I think what's going to happen, as is the case with a lot of U.S. Opens, you're going to see the scores be relatively low the first couple of days while the course is still kind of – you know, soggy and drying itself out. And if they get it to where they want, well, they won't get it all the way to where they want, but if they get it close to where they want come Sunday, you'll probably start to see some people backing up. Um, but I don't think, you know, I mean, even par wins a lot of opens or something around even par. I don't think even par is going to win this one. Seven under won the one 32 years ago. If I was a betting person, 
I would say it's going to be lower than that. Now the question becomes how much lower. Are we talking 9 or 10, or are we talking 13, 14? And I don't really think we're going to have an idea of that until we see some of these guys go out, you know. Uh, are there going to be a lot of 66s and 65s out there? I mean, there was even talk the other day, one of the guys, I can't remember who it was, David Graham, I think, I asked, like, is there a 62 out there? I, you know, I have no idea. Um, but if you, these guys are good enough that if, if they can find fairways and stop their ball and stop their ball on the greens, then it just becomes a matter of making some putts. So, you know, but you'll see disasters. There'll be disasters around here. Um, and, and they may come in some spots where you don't really expect to see them. And that'll be fun. And the coverage starts tomorrow at 9 o'clock on uh, ESPN, 9 o'clock a.m. So, uh, yeah, there's a good day. <laughs> so if you're getting rained out, you can always hang out at the house and um, flip on ESPN and watch a little uh, golf there at the U.S. Open. A little golf might be the operative word. <laughs> you think How so? many holes do you think we're going to get in tomorrow, Mike? Well, like I said, you know, if it just starts raining in the morning, but it's not raining like hard, they're going to play. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. And they'll play until the course becomes not playable. And I think that will take a lot to get it to that point. But in the afternoon, if I mean, this, this course had six and a half inches of rain since last Friday. Um, between the storm on Friday and the storm on Monday. So now you're getting a third storm. But like the superintendent said today, I mean, they got 180 people here from all over the world have come in. Um, they can get this course back up and running as long as you don't get, like, a doomsday scenario. You know, you get, like, another four inches of rain, let's say, and all of a sudden. But I would be very surprised, very surprised, yeah, that Friday it, it, morning the place wasn't ready to go, and from that point on, I think we should be okay. So then it becomes a matter of just playing more holes on the weekend than, you know, than 18 and 18 to get this thing over by Sunday. Um, unless, of course, there's a playoff, and then we'll be here another day. But I think that's the intention. Tomorrow's going to be a rough day. They're going to probably play, try to play as much golf as they can. I mean, that stage uh, in 209 was like that. The Monday round got totally wiped out. or Yeah, just about totally wiped out. And then we were just making up ground as we went along the rest of the week, and we finished on Monday. Um, you know, I mean, maybe that's going to be the case here, but I, I think as long as we don't get any more stuff than whatever we're going to get tomorrow, I think they should be okay to get 72 holes in by Sunday, whether 72 holes is going to determine the champion or not. You know, that remains to be seen. All right. Five bucks on this one, Mike. Who's your pick on Sunday? Um, I, I look, I, I think Latigre, if Latigre is playing well, um, he's been in that five. I forget about what he did at the Memorial. I, you know, I don't count that. I think he's the guy to beat, you know, but he's been, he was the guy to beat at Augusta, and they beat him. I think a guy like Furyk, a guy like Graham McDowell, they, they, they're U.S. Open-type guys. I, I look for U.S. Open-type people. I hear you. Um, and, and, and it's like, I mean, even an Ernie Ells, he's 43 years old or whatever he is, but, I mean, you know, that's why I kind of don't like Phil. Only because, and, and you'll love this. Phil flew home to California. To, there was something going on with his daughter today. I'm not exactly sure. Graduation. Graduation. Yeah, okay. Yep. But he's not in his plane. He's scheduled to land in Philly until 4 this morning. I the red eye coming in. Red eye. So, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I love the fact that he wants to see a graduation. I'm all for that. I'm a father. But you know what? It Come on, Phil. Home. This is the U.S. Open. What are you doing going home for Krispy Kreme donuts, right? <laughs> But, of course, if he goes out and shoots 65, nobody will care. Absolutely. 
Mikey Kern for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Check him on philly.com for the best coverage of the U.S. Open. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. We'll let you go back to work. You're listening to the Golf Insider 740, the game. Stay with us. We've got more coverage live from the U.S. Open coming up. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4, wrapping up in an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G., Along with Rich B, U.S. Open, Marion Golf Club, home of Brotherly Love, Philadelphia. We're going to another one of our favorite golf insiders, the one, the only, from Golf Talk Live Radio in Philly, Tony Leodora. Hello, my man. Hello, Holly and Rich. Tony, Tony, how are we doing? Sunny Philadelphia. Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to know something, Tone. Have you ever tried to hit a one iron, the famous Ben Hogan one iron, on the 72nd hole of the 1950 I, I, U.S. Open from 213 yards? I have hit a uh, one iron. Uh, it was a long, long time ago, and I quickly got it out of my bag. However, not only have I held the Hogan one iron. I have a picture of me holding the one iron and the U.S. Open trophy at Marion. Wow. Are you going to be yeah. tweeting that out, my man? I, I can't believe that they, uh, I don't know, if, it, if, it, if the spirit moves me. I can't believe they let me hold that one iron. I, I, if they had turned their head, I would have had it on eBay in about a quarter <laughs> of a second. But anyway. Yeah, it was, they actually had the, uh, the historian from the USGA on the Golf Channel earlier, and it was fascinating because this club disappeared for about 30 years or something, Tony? Yeah, it did. And then finally it's back, and they have the audacity to put it in my hands. Yeah, so boy, pretty, pretty foolish there. Yeah. So yeah, I'll in, say. Now, listen, I was going to wait and uh, do the interview from the press room, but then I couldn't wait anymore because I'm taking a few of the out-of-town writers to a great Italian restaurant called Fellini's out here on the main line. And I decided to get there because they, um, I think a martini is calling me. How, however, I realized it would give me the opportunity to not only give you an interview, but most possibly see firsthand some real Philadelphia road rage. So stay tuned. It could happen any minute. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, your good buddy Mike Kern uh, was a little long-winded, if you could imagine that. But, um, hey, yeah, we've, really. we've talked about the weather. Uh, of course, that's sort of um, ta- 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 taken up a lot of the airspace. But I, I want to go because we've, we've reviewed a bunch of the, of the American players. But I want to go down some of the international guys here and see who, you, who you're favoring, uh, given the course and the conditions. Constantino Rocha. Oh, no, he's not playing. Oh, I still really like him. Yeah, nice. Okay. No, I like the Italian kids. Of yeah, course, the, uh... of course. He's going for the Italian. But let's, 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 let's go down the line here real quick. Adam Scott? Yeah, you know, he, he finally learned how to win. I think he's uh, got a chance, but I don't think he has enough patience. Patience and experience, the two keys that Mary and I like all the old guys. Ooh, so Ernie would that Dow, put... Ernie L. Oh, the old guys. Steve Stricker, yeah, perhaps? Maybe Lee Westwood. 
the feet stricker certainly among the Americans. All those Matt Kuchar's not really gonna, really has a lot of experience. I like that Matt Kuchar. And I guess that Woods guy would be 38 or something now. Yeah, and and, and that hairline that hairline is receding by the day. I've noticed. Whoa, oh, ching, really? Ching. Uh, how about Schwartzel? He's a pretty patient well, dude. A lot, are, yeah, a lot of people are talking about him because he is content to um, make make a farm a difficult hole rather than take a chance. Is is that it, Tone? <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, awkward yeah. moment. <laughs> were you were you chewing on a piece of uh, a piece of wood there to keep from screaming at the guy in front of you? Um, yeah, so, yeah, really. Uh, okay, now how about this guy? Because he's certainly been one of the hottest uh, six top ten finish coming off a top a tie for tenth in Memphis. Is it possible that somebody like Billy Horschel could be in the Winner circle. Uh, a lot of people have mentioned his name too, but I found him picking just the old guys. Uh, that, does that have anything to do with your senior status? <laughs> are you are no, you no, yearning no, are, just, are you yearning for some days of old, Tony? Yeah, what I'm yearning for, we can't talk about on family radio. But <laughs> I am definitely uh, not picking them just because I'm in that same uh, category. I just. I just believe that patience is really, really the key here, and, and experience. And what about putting? Played the course a lot. Of what about putting? If the greens are slower, who's who's going to find a, a better a better time adjusting to it? Because we know that in the past that's been a problem for Tiger. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and they're they're not going to be lightning fast. So it's it's, it's uh, you may see a lot of putts made this time. Well, if the scores. I remember before the uh, final of the. Of the amateur uh, in 2005, we had gotten a little bit of rain the day before, and they were a little bit softer, and Molinari made putts from everywhere. There we go. There's the pick right there. Molinari. Yeah, he's actually played the golf course uh, well, in competition-type uh, uh, conditions. Well, this is Eduardo, so not Francisco. Oh, okay. Eduardo was the uh, Even in the field. Champion. Tony, if it, it, can I say, I know we're going to get close to the end here. Yep. I want to tell you. Two minutes. This, impressed me way more than anything else today. Walking around, I did a walkabout today for about an hour with Tom Fazio, just talking about the course, and I'm not interviewing anything, and not dropping the name, but it was just a special time talking about so many things, and, and how much he reveres Marion and his Philadelphia roots, and all of, all of those things. And all of a sudden, we come around a corner and walk face, we almost bump into one of the great icons of golf, Jack Whitaker. Wow. And told us stories for about, he's 89 years old, he still lives near here, told stories for a long time. And his pick, he said, uh, I'll tell you this right now, I'm not worried about the long hitters because, as Jimmy Demerit said, the woods are full of them. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love that. And, uh, you know, and, I know. And he still says it with that twinkle in his eye. Yeah, and um, kind of sad because he's lost a few of his buddies this year, you know, from uh, from from his oh, team there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Tony it was yep. interesting. I was reading. I didn't know that Fazio was actually in the running in that uh, open with with Ben Hogan that year. His uncle George Fazio lost in the playoff. Uh, yeah, he was a uh, great great ball striker. Talk about patience. Talk about someone who you know 
its fairways and greens, just as David Graham did in 1981, uh, as Lee Trevino did in 71. Do we see a pattern here? I, I think we might. I, I, I yeah. think so. And, uh, Thank yeah, you, my friend. Great ball striker. Have some uh, good Italian uh, food tonight. We appreciate you spending some time with us. And uh, Rich B., who's going to be your pick, my friend? Molinari. Molinari. Going Italian style. I'm going with Cooch. There you go. Coocher. I want him to be holding the big trophy on Sunday. It's going to be a great weekend for golf. You can catch it on NBC Saturday and Sunday. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week. Have a great week.